take your Bibles. We'll jump right in here. It's Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. I asked Pastor Tony if he told everybody I was speaking tonight, and that's why nobody came. Um, no, I was kidding. Uh, Luke chapter 5, and we'll, we'll do a little study here. We'll spend a few minutes uh, in the Word of God here. I'm always privileged and, and thankful to get to speak. Uh, sometimes it gets a little nerve-wracking, but it's, it's always fun to get up here and proclaim the name of Jesus and to be able to... Uh, speak the things that he's, he's given me. So um, we'll jump right in here, Luke chapter 5, and we'll start in verse 1 and read through verse 11. Some of you have probably heard this story before, but uh, hopefully I can give you a little different insight uh, on this scripture here. So Luke chapter 5, and uh, we'll begin reading in verse 1. It says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep. If you write in your Bible, if you highlight, I want you to underline uh, that scripture, circle it, whatever you do, highlight it. Launch out into the deep. And let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had done this, then are they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the, in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships, so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and that all were with him at the draw of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Dear Lord, I ask that you just be with us tonight as we study your word, Lord, that you would just uh, bless our service, Lord, that you would give me the words that you'd have me to say, Lord, we love you and thank you for the privilege to come here tonight in your name, amen. So as we look at this story, we see that um, they were out fishing uh, and the things that were going on and, and everything's, everything's happening and, and we read of the story and Peter and his buddies had been out fishing all night long. And I don't know about y'all, but I, when I go fishing, I expect to catch fish. Um, when I go out to the lake, I expect to catch them. Um, I don't go out there just to ride around the boat and, you know, wet a worm all day long. That's not what I want to do. I want to catch fish. I want to have bass in my boat. And so I can imagine here, um, here, here this, here's Peter and, and all, the, all the different guys, and they're out there fishing, and they don't catch jack all night long. They catch nothing. They, nothing at all. They catch zero fish. So I can imagine when I go, I usually go out early in the morning, and I'm out there, and after you get done not catching anything, you want to leave if you're not catching anything. If the fish aren't biting, you just say, you know what, just pack it up and head on to the house. There's no sense in being out here. Um, so when you're out there and fishing, you're not catching anything. It just gets boring. It gets tiring. Uh, you get hungry. Uh, you have to go to the bathroom. You're just ready to be done. You're not catching fish. Your mind gets off of what you initially went out there to do. And so I can imagine here with, with Peter, they're out there fishing all night long, and they don't catch anything. Over and over, they're throwing the nets and nothing. Over and over, they're throwing the nets and nothing. They're trying everything, and they're going every direction, and they catch 
nothing. And so here you read here, and, 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 and Jesus it tells them, hey, I want you to go out into the deep. I want you to go into deeper waters. I want you to go farther than you've ever gone before. I want you to go deeper than you've ever been. I want you to launch out into the deep. Go out there as far as you can and let down your nets and then fish. And so I can imagine here Peter saying, you know what, God? I'm the fisherman. You just stick to building, you know, wood and doing your thing and building your stuff. I'm the fisherman. I'll fish. You lead people to the Lord. I'll, I'll do that. You, you just take care of that. I can imagine him saying that because that's probably something that I would say. God, I'm the fisherman here. I got everything handled. I've tried everything. I've used every kind of bait. I've used every kind of lure that I can. Nothing's working. Going out deeper isn't going to do anything but waste my time, and I'm not going to catch anything. I can imagine him saying that, but I want to bring to your attention this, this specific part of this verse, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. And seeing when they did that, what the Lord blessed them with. A lot of times we look at the world that we're living in and so many people try to do things their own way. And even us as Christians, we try to do things our own way. And we try to, try to just take matters into our own hands and we live our lives like that. And, and I see that in everything, in so many people's lives these days where their lives are just doing things that are, that are consumed by their own selfish desires and continuing on. And so here, in our text here, Peter would have gone home completely empty-handed if it wasn't for him obeying Christ and Christ intervening in his life. And so here I'm going to go through a few things. Peter made some very life-changing decisions that impacted um, his eternity when he chose to follow Christ. And so he, like we read earlier, he, he, they were out there all night long fishing. They caught nothing. And it had just been a, a, a long night and, and completely uh, unfruitful and so Jesus here, when we read this scripture, he finished his message, he turned to him and said all this. And so Peter here, um, in the beginning of this scripture, he had a decision to make. He had a decision when, when the Lord told him to go deeper. When Jesus said, you, listen, you need to go deeper, he had a decision. He could obey Jesus and launch out and go into that deep water, or he could follow his senses and decline. And so many times in our Christian lives, we go with our personal gut. We go with what we feel is going to be the most safe situation. We go with what is going to be the most comfortable for us. And we don't do what God is saying here to Peter and launch out. And we don't try to, try to do things in a different way. And we get scared and we get, we get to a point of nervousness. And Peter didn't know it. But at that point in his life, that choice would be a pivotal time for the rest of his life, as we've read for the rest of that chat, or the rest of that, uh, those verses. That would be a, a very momental uh, part of his life. And so you and I, likewise, have the opportunity to, uh, to experience the miraculous power of God. If you've gone fishing all night long, and you were out there like Peter was, and you don't catch anything, and then all of a sudden you catch enough fish to fill up two boats, and the boat starts sinking, there could be nothing other than the power of God moving in that water. There's nothing, nothing more could be that than, than God speaking. And so we serve the same Jesus that Peter served at that time, and we, we, serve, we have access uh, to the same word that he had access to and the promises of his faithfulness. And so why then in our lives... Do we experience um, non-fruitful situations? Why um, do we experience times in our lives where we're not growing as Christians? Why do we experience times in our lives where we're just standing out, chilling in, in the shallow water? And so I want to give you a, a few different things tonight um, about that. When you desire to be a deep water Christian, you have to go to the deep water. 
when you desire to, when you desire to want to do more for the Lord, when you desire to want to grow for the Lord, you will, you will continue to push on and push on and be in that deep water. We don't have a lack of resources. Our problem is not a lack of resources. We have very many resources that we can use. Back in this time, in Peter's time, it was a, it was a boat and a net. That was his resource, and all he had to do was use it. And so there's not a shortage of souls that need to be saved. You can look around our, our whole nation and see people that need the Lord. There's not, a, there's not a shortage of people that need Christ. The sea is wide open and ready for us to go deep, to go out into the water and to, and to go and, and be with those people and, and find them and lead them to Christ. But a lot of times as Christians, we just sit on the dock or we'll just sit on the shore and we'll just stand around and, and, and do nothing when God is saying, listen, there's more, for, there's more to this. There's more to the Christian life for you to go out and experience more things and to, to get in that deep water and become a deep water Christian. Before anything great that will be accomplished for Christ, we have to make the decision to, to launch out into the deep and to, to let down our nets at Christ's command. And like Peter, our response to God's word will either invite his blessing and power into our lives or it will hinder it. It will either invite his blessing and power into our lives or it will hinder it. Great things will happen when we deepen our, our service to Christ. When you're, when you're trying to pursue and, and go for things that the Lord wants for you and doing things that, that he wants you to do, it's always going to be pushing and pushing and pushing you to a place where you might have never been. To a place in your Christian life where, where it may not be as comfortable for you or talking to people maybe outside of your comfort zone and God's telling you, hey, you got to get in the deep waters and be out there and talk to more people and witness to more people and, and be Christ-like to everyone that is around you. Great things will happen when we deepen our service to Christ. I remember growing up as a kid and, and growing up in, in Florida and Texas where it was really hot and going swimming a lot when I was younger with my parents and, and, my, and especially my dad. And I remember growing up, and as you're a little kid, the shallow end is where, where it's at, right guys? The shallow end is where it is at. There is no, there's no, there's no sharks in the shallow end. There's no scary things in the shallow end. It's fun to be in the shallow end. Why? Because you can touch the bottom. You can be there. You can bop around. You can go into the water, do your handstands. You can do that. And it's fun to jump in because you can jump in and, and hit the ground and come right back up. But when you're a young child, going to the deep end is scary. Why? Because there's sharks over there. It don't matter if it's a swimming pool or the ocean. There's sharks in the deep end of every swimming pool. I remember growing up and being scared out of my mind to go to the deep end because there was, I'm, I was scared. You can't see the bottom. You didn't know it was there. You can't touch the bottom. And so I remember growing up and playing in the pool with my dad and being young and jumping into the shallow end, jumping in the shallow end, swimming around. And then one day he said, come on to the deep end. And I was like, no way, not a chance. That's when there was a yellow, little yellow pool of water over there when he said, come to the deep end. I got scared. There was no chance of me coming down to the deep end. I didn't want to do that. I was scared. I was out of my comfort zone. I can't do that. I can't go to the deep end. There, there's, there, there's, it's scary over there. And dad would say, come on, come on out here with me. I'll catch you. Come jump to me. I'll catch you. And you dads know you've done that with your kids. They'll, they'll jump in. You'll catch them and push them back to the side. And I was scared out of my mind. I was so scared to go to the deep end of the pool. Why? Because there's, there, there's not safety there. there. You don't know what's going on. Dad, are you really going to catch me or are you going to drop me like you normally do and put me under the water? What are you going to do? What's going to happen? You know, I was scared out of my mind. And I remember growing up and, and jumping in the water and being there and thinking, this isn't so bad. 
this isn't so bad, and it's, it's fun to be out there. You can, you, can do, you can do more things in the deep end. You can do cannonballs and jackknives. It's more fun to jump in the deep end because you won't hit your head. But here in, here in, this, in this scripture, there's, there's safety in the shallow end, but, but God doesn't always want us to have that safety. He wants us to have faith in him. He wants us to say, listen, I'm out here. Come on. I got you. Come on, it's not, it's not bad out here. You can, you can continue to come out here and you can grow and I'll help you and I'll, I'll take care of you. And we have to be that way. Without being spirit-led or spirit-filled in our actions, our lives in ministry will become stagnant. Uh, our lives in ministry will become stagnant. Like Peter's disappointing night of fishing, our attempts to serve the Lord and our strength will yield empty nets every time. Our, it will never, it'll never prosper. It'll never do anything when we try to do it in our own way. And a lot of times, God will let us do things in our own way. He'll let us fail so that we can see our need for him. He'll let us, he'll let us be disappointed. He'll let things happen that, that we have to learn from our mistakes. And so here, without that, we'll, we won't yield the, the kind of, of, of production that we need. As we heed Christ's commands, we will experience miracles made possible only by the hand of God. And when we generally do what we want to do, we don't usually leave our comfort zone. And God wants to get us out of that comfort zone of, of just being in the shallow water and being a shallow water Christian and not wanting to do anything or just sitting on the dock and, and not doing anything, not doing anything profitable for the Lord, not doing anything, not pushing, pushing beyond and doing more than we've ever done in our life. He doesn't want us to do that. And so in today's culture and, and the things that are going on, a lot of people, and even us as Christians in our churches, a lot of us are just sitting on the shore, sitting on the bank, and just kind of walking up and down and not doing anything for the Lord, not doing anything that he wants us to do, and, and just kind of chilling out. And Christ is saying to us, listen, I want you to come out here. I want you to wade farther in your Christian life. I want you to, I want you to come out. I want you to discover more. But we insist on staying near the shore. It's one thing when we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior. It's one thing to have that. But it's another thing to be fully surrendered, fully sold out, and follow him as a disciple. Um, there, it's, it's two completely different things. And so uh, if, you, if you're taking notes or you're doing anything, I just want you to write down this little statement. Moving into deep water requires full commitment. Moving into deep water requires full commitment. Just like I said a little while ago about jumping in the pool with my dad, I had to be fully committed that he was going to take care of me. I had to be fully committed that it was going to happen. I had to be fully set on the fact that I was, I was going to be taken care of and, and, and that he was going to protect me. And that's what we have to do in our Christian lives. God is saying, listen, I'm going, to, I'm going to take care of everything that you have. It means you have to take up your anchor and set your sails to catch the wind. It means that you have to leave the shallows behind, fully surrendered to the directions of the captain. It's all about trusting the captain. It's all about trusting Jesus. Going to that deep water is going to be scary. Going out into the deep water where, where there's not a lot of security is going to be a tough time, but we can, we can do it with Christ's help. We can go out there and, and do what he is wanting, to, wanting us to do. In the murky waters of shallow Christianity, a lot of times we'll lose our focus. We'll forget the very thing, the very purpose um, of the ministry, um, the, the very reason why we're here because we're so focused on, on just the, the little things that we're doing uh, I, I looked up this uh, st statistic earlier, and it said a nationwide research organization said that three out of four Christians in the United States will share their faith only through lifestyle evangelism, um, only through lifestyle evangelism, an approach 
uh, void of direct verbal witness to the lost around them. And only 30% said they personally share the plan of salvation with someone else on a regular basis. And I read that and I was like, wow, 30% of people, of Christians, share what they have with other people. 30% of Christians share what Jesus has done in their life with other people. I don't know about you, but I kind of, I, I, I've heard this, I heard this illustration before, and I kind of used it. If you had the cure um, to cancer, if you had the cure to any kind of illness, if you had the cure to it, and you kept it for yourself, and you didn't share that with other people, what would, what would that be? What would that be? If you had the cure for something, and you kept it inside of you, and you didn't tell anyone about it, and you didn't share that with anybody. And I, have, I want to tell you today that you have the cure for sin living inside of you. You have the cure for sin. You have, you have the, ultimate, uh, the ultimate prescription for sin, and God has given you the, the witness that you can tell other people, and that is why we're here. We are here to, to be a witness to other people. We're here to share that, and only when we get out of the shallow water and into the deep water of saying, you know what, I'm going to be completely sold out to Jesus Christ. I'm going to do what, what he wants me to do, is that is when we'll make a difference. And so when you look at these different statistics— it's, it's, it's crazy when we, when we think of our life, and it's no wonder that our, our world is in the shape that it's in. It's no wonder that we're, we're, we're a stagnant and cold world. It's no wonder, that, well, no wonder that people don't want to do anything. It's no wonder that nobody shares the gospel because, because there's, there's nothing. Nobody, nobody wants to. Everybody said, you know, I'm cool. I'm cool just chilling. Hey, I've been saved. I'm just going to chill over here in the, in the shallow waters of my Christianity. I'm just going to hang out here, and y'all can do whatever you want to, but I'm just going to stay where it's safe. That's not what God wants us to do. That's not what God wants us to do. It don't matter what situation, what circumstance, what it is. Here, Peter had been out fishing all night long, and I'm sure he was dead tired. He didn't have a big, even rude motor on the back. He was out there, you know, pushing and stroking and going all kind of things. I'm sure he didn't want to go out there. I'm sure he didn't want to go any deeper than he had to. But yet he followed God's commandment, and look what happened. He followed, he followed God's commandment, and he was blessed with all the fish. And then his whole life turned around, and he followed Jesus Christ. When we are content with the status quo, we sit on the dock and we just look out over the water, offering only complaints about the things that go around that go on around us. A lot of us, I'll hear it so many times, and I have so many different friends that I'll say, "Man, our world's just in a mess," and they don't do anything to help change it. People need to be saved, and they don't witness to anybody. People need to come to church, and they never invite anybody. They don't ever do anything, and they just sit there on the it's on the dock, just blasting out things and saying stuff. When they're not even doing anything themselves. And they just say, you know, this needs to happen. And we don't do anything. And we wonder why our, our situations, our world, the, the places that we live are in the mess that they are in. When Christ here saw a need, he acted upon it. He was willing not only to condescend to come to earth, but also to interact with sinful, flawed humanity. And that kind of revolves around the time that we have now. Christ knew what he was getting himself into, and yet he still came. Christ knew that you and I were, gonna, were going to, to do wrong and we were going to sin and he still came to forgive us of those sins. He knew what was going to happen and he still came. And so here it, it just, it always astounds me when I think of, of everything that Jesus had done for us and yet he still came. In this verse, John 1, 14 says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of only the begotten Father, full of grace and truth. Peter's boat wasn't, wasn't freshly scoured. It wasn't, it wasn't slimy and smelly. Peter himself had been working with the filthy of fishing equipment all night. 
But Jesus cared about people more than he cared about comfort. And I think when we get to that point in our lives where we care more about people than we care about our own comfort levels, that's when we become a deep water Christian. That's when we become deeper in our Christian lives than we've ever been. When we say, you know what, it doesn't matter if it's the most popular thing. It doesn't matter if it's going to get me the most money. It doesn't matter what's going to happen. I'm going to step outside of my comfort zone, and I'm going I'm to tell people about Jesus Christ. I'm going to become deeper in my walk with him. It doesn't matter if I get made fun of for reading my Bible. It doesn't matter if I get made fun of for inviting people to church or witnessing to somebody or telling somebody about Jesus. I'm going to step outside of my comfort level, and I'm going to share that. And I want to become a deep water uh, launching out into the deep Christian. Some of us are, like I said earlier, are so scared to step out of our comfort zone. We'd probably pass out if Jesus asked us to do something crazy for him, like witness to somebody, <laughs> or if we hand somebody a track. We wouldn't know what to do. We'd say, oh, are you kidding me? We'd turn into Moses and say, Lord, 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 Lord I, can't, I, can't talk. I can't do that. There's no way. I can't do that. There's no way I can't pass out a track to somebody. And so Jesus' ministry didn't target a lower class or an upper, upper class, those who would cause him the least discomfort, but he reached out to the needy like we did yesterday. He reached out to the needy and, 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 and the same thing like we did yesterday in our homeless ministry and giving people things and, and helping them and giving them a hot meal and, and clothes and, and, and keeping them dry. That's the kind of stuff that he did. God in the flesh now entered the environment as a, as a common fisherman. No real ministry will take place in your life or mine until we are willing to, to step out into the deep. Philippians 2.5 says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. And so the greatest opportunities for ministry often are, humanly speaking, the most distasteful. The most things that we don't, we don't enjoy doing. Serving, serving in, our inner, in our inner city ministry. Seeking out wounded souls. Ministering to shattered lives isn't always easy, nor is it comfortable, but it is fruitful. And it will help us grow. And it will help our church grow. And it will help people's lives grow around us when they see that we have love for people in that way. James 4.10 says, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. And so Jesus condescended to, to our lowest state and, 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 and had this gratitude and gave us this unspeakable gift so that we could serve, so that we could, so that we could do that. And I think about Christmas time. This isn't a Christmas message, but I think about Christmas time and, and how we all get wrapped up into everything, just like Pastor said this morning. We get wrapped up into every single other thing that we do, and we forget about the true meaning of this time. We forget about the things that, that God has given us. We, we forget about the gift of life that he's given to every one of us. And so here I, I, I look back and I, I look at Peter and how he responded to Jesus' command uh, like, you and I have, like you and I would have done. And he said, Master, we have, we have toiled all the night and we have taken nothing. And I can, I can look at Peter and say, like I said earlier, Jesus, you know, I, I've done this before. I, I've, I'm a fisher. I know what I'm doing. I'm a fisherman. I, I can do this. Uh, you just do your thing. And, and Peter, they toiled all night. But Jesus, what, what Jesus asked Peter to do was contrary to all of Peter's training and experience. And so I, I look at a pattern in, in the Bible, and I see some different things that God has given us. All throughout Scripture, God often doesn't intervene until the task is completely humanly impossible. Um, God loves impossible odds. God loves the impossible. Why? Because nothing is impossible with him. He loves to show people up. 
He loves to, to say, you know what, you thought, it, you thought it was impossible, but I can make it happen. You thought it was not going to work out, but I made it work out. And so I look at the different stories all through the Bible. There's, there's tons of them. But one that always sticks out to me um, is Judges in Judges 7, 2. It says, The Lord saith unto Gideon, The people that are, are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, Mine own hand has saved me. And Gideon experienced the truth that faith does not operate in the realms of the possible. Gideon experienced that in his life. Some of you know that story. I'll give you a quick little story about it. Gideon didn't have a lot of guys. He was going up a bunch of, lo- a, a bunch of guys, and Gideon defeated all the bunch of guys with a bunch of little guys. That was the quick story of what happened. And he had his faith completely in God, completely in God. He said, you know what? I'll take as many as what, I, we got the Lord on our side. I've got complete faith in you. If it was just me, I completely wholeheartedly believe that if every single person would have left Gideon behind and Gideon went out there by himself, the Lord would have helped him defeat that whole army. I completely believe that. Because why? Because Gideon said, you know what, God? If it fails, it's going to be on you. And so many times we say in our lives, well, I just can't do that. I can't put faith in God. I will have to trust in him. I can't, I can't trust in God. I have to do something that's only going to, that I can make sure that I can take care of. I can't put my faith in God. A quote said, there is no glory for God and that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. And so we have to recognize what Jesus calls us to do, whether it's witnessing, giving, serving, forgiving, or emptying ourselves. It is usually in exact opposition to human reasoning. Discipleship is not a life of logic or reasoning. It is a life of faith. And we have to have faith, just like Peter did here. When we are willing to follow Christ into the deep, into unfamiliar waters, we will have a closer fellowship with him This comes simply out of the complete reliance upon him to meet our every need as he guides our ways. Um, When when we have problems, when there's things in our life that are are going wrong, when we don't know what's happening, so many times we try to take it into our own hands and we try to figure out what it is that we can do to make it better, what it is that we can do to help fix the situation, what it is that we can get, what it is that we can do. And God simply says here, listen, I just want you to trust in me. I just want you to have faith in me. There's so many circumstances, and I've been teaching the teenagers this for the past several, several, several times that I've spoken to them, is, is God has a perfect plan for our lives, but we have to trust in him, and we have to follow that plan, and that only comes by having faith in him. That only comes by saying, God, I don't know, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen with my work. I don't know what's going to happen with my job. I don't know what's going on. What are you doing? But I'm going to completely trust in you in every single circumstance. As we launch out and doing these different things, sharing the gospel, giving of our time and resources, humbling ourselves to serve others, or growth becomes deeper, our growth becomes deeper than that of a Christian who insists upon sitting upon the dock. Out in the deep water, we learn how to trust and to pray God. Hebrews eleven six, it says without, the last part of that verse says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. That verse simply says whatever I've been trying to say this whole time. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. The Lord knows your and I limitations. He knew knew Peter was tired. He knew Peter was fatigued. He knew that he was in a state of of fishing all night long, and he was was dead tired, and he probably didn't want to do that. And then he said, listen, I want you to go out further. And he tested his faith. He tested what he was going to do. He tested tested his his walk, and yet, and Peter uh, received a, a huge blessing with that. Before we argue with Christ, we should try trusting him sometimes. We, a lot of the times we'll say, yeah, God knows everything. Well, if God knows everything, don't you think he's going to handle your situation? 
Don't you think he's going to bring you through? Whether it be what we would expect it to be or not, God's going to do what's best for us. He's going to do what he sees best. Peter knew for every reason, and they were good ones, not to obey Jesus. But under the direct command of Jesus, Peter turned from his logic logic, and put everything on Jesus' word. Peter's obedience to Christ wasn't the reckless abandon that our culture says. It wasn't the result of throwing uh, just logic into the wind. It wasn't that. His decision to launch out and go into the deep was purposed obedience. It It was the result of a man who had unmistakably heard Christ's command and calculated that God's power was greater than his limitations. And we can, we can take our lives and, and figure out that God's power is greater than anything we can ever do. And putting our faith in God is, is something greater than we can ever do. That's when Christ will work in, in us. And so when faith, uh, in Romans ten seventeen it says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Do you, do you hear God's word? Do you, do you read God's word? Do you study God's word? Do you memorize God's word? Do you, do you listen to what is preached? A lot of times we can go through the motions uh, of obedience, but just like in Hebrews eleven six, 6, if we don't have that real faith, if we don't have true, genuine faith, it's impossible to please him. Christians who, who set out for the deep but then lose their momentum for Christ often become in their, in their walk with, with Christ confused and they, they get scared and they think about the things that are going on because we don't have our true faith in him. Mark 5.36 says, Be not afraid, only believe. And so on the contrary here, Peter's response, he fell down at Jesus' feet. I'm almost done. He fell down at Jesus' feet saying, Depart from me from a sinful man, O Lord. And he was astonished. And in that moment, I can just imagine in Peter's mind something clicking and saying, You know what? I, it's, it's over. I, I, I need to serve Christ. I just, I'm going to, I, and like the scripture says, he forsook all and followed Christ. He, it's, I just imagine something in his head just saying, you know what? I, I've seen, I've seen your mighty work. I've seen your mighty hand in my life. And I've seen that obeying you is something that is far greater than anything that I could ever do. Launching out into the deep isn't about expanding our reputation. It isn't about making us something that we are, there, that we're more, building ourselves up. It isn't about that. It's all about glorifying God and growing in Jesus Christ. Last thing here, Jesus is, is still calling us. Jesus still calls people to, to launch out and go to the deep. And he might be speaking to you about this. He might be saying to you right now, and only you know yourself, and God knows you better, but you know where you're at. You know where you're at in your spiritual life. You know where you're at in, in your walk with Jesus Christ. And you could be saying, you know, I'm, I'm not as far as I should be. I'm not as deep as I should be. I should be doing more for Christ. I should be telling other people. I need to get outside of my comfort zone and, and tell people about Jesus Christ. I need to get outside of my comfort zone and, and do more than I'm doing now. You can only be a fisher of men if you follow Christ with unrestrained obedience. If you will pull up your anchor and untie your rope from the dock or jump out from the, from the bank and, and go out into the, the deep water, you'll never, you'll never regret following Jesus Christ. I've never heard someone say they regretted following Jesus Christ. I've never heard someone say they regretted putting all their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And so when God asks you to, to do things, when he asks you to launch out into the deep, don't do it grun- grudgingly. Peter was willing to give up his livelihood, his boat, and fishing and Christ was asking Peter to truly sacrifice. And oftentimes we as Christians are, are willing to serve only when it's convenient for us. 
We're only, we're only willing to serve when it's only going to be convenient for us. Oh, I'll only go here if it's going to meet this, this, this time standard. I'm only going to go here if I, can, if I can squeeze it in between all the other bajillion things that I'm doing. And so as we, as we close here, I want to read to you a, 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 some lyrics of a song that has recently uh, been published. And it kind of went along with my message, and so I want to read it. And some of you will know this song, but it, it says, You called me out upon the waters, the great unknown where feet may fail. And there I find you in the mystery, and oceans deep, my faith will stand. And I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace, for I am yours and you are mine. Your grace abounds in deepest waters. Your sovereign hand will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me, you've never failed and you won't start now. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters. Wherever you would call me, take me deeper then my feet could ever wonder, and my faith will be made stronger. That's a song that is, that is recently been written, and it's something that, that I, I, I listened to, and I said, man, that's perfect. I want to go deeper than my feet could ever take me in my Christian life. I want to go deeper than I could ever possibly imagine with telling people about Jesus Christ and growing and building Christ's kingdom. That's what I want to do. I want to go as far as I can, and the only way to do that is following Christ. The only way to do that is to say, you know what, I'm tired of the shore. I'm tired of doing the things that are, that are the status quo. I'm, I'm tired of being stagnant. I'm tired of being content. I want to push forward. I want to move on. I want to do more for Jesus Christ.